Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. So I'm preaching this morning, and I told our team by text, I changed the whole thing, sent them the verse that I'm going to preach on, and said, I think I'm going to do it in 15 minutes. And everybody said, yeah, right, we'll, we'll believe that when it happens. Um, I, I want to actually talk to you uh, about, uh, my, my message would be entitled, It's All Relational, but I'm going to totally change the scripture that I'm using. So if you have your scripture, you can pull it out. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You probably know this passage really well. Um, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So here's the way that I heard this verse as a kid. You probably heard this before. It's, it's trust in the Lord, which, which means to me as a kid growing up and in a religious mindset, it meant basically try hard to do good things. Anybody ever feel that? It's like, oh, I just got to trust God with this stuff, with these things, which I don't really know exactly what that looks like, but I'm just going to give him me in some way. So trust in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, so it's not really about what you know. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And the word acknowledge, I thought, oh, it's like the, the Christian uh, football player who scores a touchdown, the wide receiver, and then he like takes a knee and he, and he points up to the sky, right? Like you know the picture, and it's like, that's what it looks like to acknowledge God. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? Like if somebody gives me a compliment, what I should do is say, oh no, that wasn't me. That was all God, right? And I want to say to people that say that, well, it wasn't that good, right? <laughs> and, and so I think a lot of times we approach this passage with a religious mindset. And we, so we say it's basically try harder, point to God, and everything's going to work out in the end. But that's actually not what that passage is saying. So what I've learned is that relationship is built on trust, right? And so when it says trust in the Lord with all your heart, it's interesting that it doesn't say trust in the Lord with all your mind. And a lot of times we want to come to God with an intellectual understanding and if all the pieces fit together and make sense in my head, then I will trust. Now, let me say this. God created your intellect, and he designed you to have understanding. That's part of his design for you. It's not bad, and we're not a church family that makes fun or pokes holes at science and understanding, but it's the wrong order. It'll get you lost, and it'll keep you stuck in a hurry if what you're trying to do is to make sense of everything before you trust anything. You see, what God was doing this morning, I've got a bit of understanding, and I could explain practically some of the things that were happening, but it's really boring to hear the understanding. I would rather experience the reality. And so for so many of us, what we end up wanting to do is we, we want everything to make sense in our head. Give us the whole like 
scientific equation for how all of this stuff happens. Why did that person fall on the ground? Why are they crying? Is that just emotional? And we try to put all of these pieces together in our head and we begin to to really talk ourselves out of it and we can come up with all sorts of ways that it's not real and that it's just emotional and we can miss the reality of the living God moving amongst, amongst us. And so... There's something going on that our understanding will often get in the way of. A lot of times people say, oh, well, show me that in the Bible, right? And, and they begin to try to, like, I need to see that exact thing that's happening, and then I'll trust that that was God. And, and I want to say to you what God says. He says, I'm doing a new thing. So it's in the Bible because it's part of the new thing that he's doing. And most of what I have seen God do, I can trace back to Scripture. But I would have never started at Scripture and gotten to that point because Scripture gives me understanding of what's going on when God's moving. It doesn't always prescribe what's about to happen. And a lot of times what we get stuck with is that we want our understanding to happen before we'll trust. And that's not the way relationship is built. So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Say acknowledge. acknowledge. The word acknowledge, it's, it's actually a horrible word for that translation. The word acknowledge there is the word yada. Say yada. yada. Let me see if I can appropriately to a, a, a wide audience PG version give you the word, the definition yada. The word yada first appears in scripture when it says this. It says that Adam yachted Eve and they conceived a baby. Okay? It means this, to intimately know. So to acknowledge him is not that I give him a nod or point my finger, oh, that was all God. But to acknowledge him is actually to know him intimately. And how many of you know that you can either have understanding or you can have intimacy, but you often don't get to start with both? Men, how many of you here understand women? Put your hands down. You don't. I know you. You don't, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need to understand somebody to be intimate with them, to know them intimately. Those two things are very different. Men, that's why there is hope for you that you can have a good marriage. Now, women, I would ask you the same question. But I just want you to know this, we're actually very simple. Very, very simple. You're probably overthinking it if you're trying to understand us. And so the, the idea is this, that we strive to theologically understand God. In fact, that was the problem in Jesus' day. In fact, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were studying Scripture day and night. They would have conversations continually. They had the whole thing memorized. 
and they were searching to find the Messiah because they knew that he was supposed to be coming in their day, and they totally missed it because they were pursuing understanding over intimacy. And what we have to understand is that what God is after with you is not that you would be the most theologically put together, educated person. God doesn't mind theology, but he hates it when it's removed from him. You see, I, I, could, I could get a magnifying glass and study Lauren and, and at a distance get to know everything about her and tell you what she looks like, what she likes, how she acts. I could tell you every bit about her. And yet, if I don't enter into relationship with her and begin to have conversation with her and interact with her, I will never know her. And so often what we settle for is a relationship with God that is built on understanding instead of intimacy. And what God is saying to us is that he's inviting us into intimacy with him that we would learn how to trust him and to walk with him. There's an interesting thing about Jesus and the way that he works the miraculous in scripture. What we find is that he'll heal two different people of the same illness, but he'll never do it in the same way. Why? Because he's not a God of formula. He's a God of relationship. And he knows what's going on in their lives. He knows what's going on in your life. And he's interacting with you. Every encounter with God is an invitation to greater intimacy, not simply that you would understand something or be free of something. One of the things that the church has done is that we have idolized freedom apart from relationship with the person of God. And so we've said, hey, let's get people free from these bad habits and these hangups and these sin patterns and these evil lifestyles. And we've never thought, hey, what actually matters is that they would be connected to God intimately. And it's actually in that place of intimacy that all the other stuff begins to take care of itself. And so what God is inviting us into, this is what he started with at the very beginning. He's inviting us into intimacy, into connection with him. And while there is no formula for this, I want to give you a couple practical thoughts on how you get there. The first step is that you begin to know God. That you begin to interact with God and talk with God. I remember probably a decade ago when I was really beginning to learn the practice of hearing God's voice. And for me, most of the time, hearing God's voice is not some sort of audible voice, but it is an inner dialogue that I know those thoughts did not originate with me. Sometimes that shows up in pictures in my head. Sometimes it's dreams in the night. My dream, Lauren's dreams are like these incredibly elaborate, like 3D, multicolor, multidimensional, just beautiful stories. My dreams tend to be something like this. Joel, plant a church in San Marcos. Like that, that was it. That's how we ended up here is that God just spoke to me really plainly. I didn't have some huge dream that I had to decipher because like I told you earlier, men are really simple 
and he just gives me very clear direction. But what I found is this, is that God actually wants to speak to all of us. It's the heart of God that you would know his voice. What father would not speak to his children? And what I love is this, is that he doesn't simply speak a language, he speaks your language, and he speaks to your heart. And so when I was first learning to hear God's voice a decade or so ago, I was hanging out with Kenny and Diane, and, and, and I, what I learned was this, is that I have to ask God questions. And I'll, I'm very practical, like for me, pursuing understanding would be way easier than pursuing intimacy naturally. Like I want to wrap my head around that. And so what I began doing was asking God very practical questions. Like I, I asked him, hey, that, that little shield off of the toy that I bought for my nephew that we lost in the yard, where is that? And I heard him say, take two steps and look to the left. I looked down and there it is. We had combed that whole yard looking for that toy. I looked in that spot, it seems like a dozen times. And yet when I asked God, I found it. And what, what that did in me is it built trust. So I begin to communicate, and then I begin to trust. And here's what happens in the place of trust. When we begin to trust God, we begin to share our heart with him. You know, there's a great difference between transparency and vulnerability. So we've got an all-knowing God. He knows everything about you. He knows every hair on your head, and I guess mine. Mine's a little easier than yours, probably. He knows everything about you. And so a lot of times we think, oh, well, I don't really need to confess anything to God because he already knows everything. Your confession is not about transparency with God. Your confession is about vulnerability with God. And vulnerability means that you get to interact with the things that are buried deep in my heart. And so here's what I, what I found. I know this, that Jesus has already paid for all of my sin, Right? He separated it as far as the east is from the west. And so my confession to him is not simply about how do I get forgiven. My confession to him is me sharing life with my Savior, my Lord, and my friend. And so what I found is this, is that when I confess in vulnerability, not simply transparency, which means that I'm not just giving him information, but I'm actually sharing my heart with him. God, I'm really struggling. I'm not doing well today really disappointed about this, I'm really wrestling with this, what I found is that when I come to him in humility that he meets me with grace. And there's something about that place of confession that's not transactional, it's actually relational and it invites him into my life. So many of you, you've got friends, right, that you know they're struggling with relationships, with marriage, with whatever. It's like I, I can see that, it's not hard to pick up on, but it's a very different thing to see somebody struggle from a distance than it is to be invited into their struggle to walk with them through it. That's the same way it works with God, is that he's saying, hey, would you invite me into your life? And what happens is, as we begin to communicate and relate with him, he begins to let us know what he's up to. And it's not about you accomplishing for God. It's about you learning to partner with God. Yeah. And what you'll find is that God isn't as concerned about the outcome as he is the partnership with you. That's so 
And so we learn what it looks like to walk with him and to see him move and to see his heart for people made known to them. And it's like, well, what I find is that I get touched as I learn how to love with God. And that he begins to share his heart with me. And there's something that's transforming about that. I love what Jesus tells the disciples in John chapter 15. He, he says that uh, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. He goes on to say that I call you friends because you know what I'm up to. You know my plans, you know my business. And here's what we find all throughout scripture. That God isn't looking for servants. Are we called to serve him? Absolutely, but he's not looking for servants. What he's looking for is friends. What he's looking for is people that will intentionally cultivate life with him. And as we learn what that's like, what we find is that he begins to share his heart at deeper and deeper and deeper levels. And what happens is is that he's pulling us deeper into him so that we can experience what we start with, which is this, that we're already in him. When Lauren and I first got married, we had been dating for a little over a year by the time we got married. And so while we were married, in many ways, we were still getting to know each other. It's like we were already one, legally spiritually one. We were in covenant together. And yet there was still an unfolding of that covenant that took time. And here's what I found, is that the longer we go, the more I discover. Because I don't have her figured out, but I do know her better than anybody else. And that there's more and more and more to discover because she's constantly changing and growing. And so if I'm going to stay in connection and intimacy with her, what I have to do is stay curious. And so, so I, I continued to pursue her heart and ask her questions. And I could tell if she's off, and so I'll ask her, hey, what's going on? You don't seem like yourself. How's your heart doing? Begin to ask those questions. And what happens is the, the further we go, the more I get to know her. And it's such a gift. And what you'll find in your relationship with God, who is incredibly vast, who is beyond understanding, what you'll find in your relationship with him is that you'll never understand him, but you do get to know him. And the more you get to know him, the more you discover there is to know. And that he's inviting you and I to know him more and more and more. And the way we do that is that we stay curious. I was telling some friends at dinner the other night, for a long time, I used to get really excited when God spoke to me. It's like, oh, I just got a word from the Lord. And that's exciting. That's a gift. That's a treasure. But what I realized was this, that oftentimes when God was giving me a word, he was intending to start a conversation. And yet in my excitement, I ran away saying, hey, I got a word instead of learning what it looks like to have a conversation with God. You know, when Adam and Eve uh, ate of that fruit in the garden when they sinned against God, God, the one who knows everything all the time, asked this question. 
where are you? You know, he, he, he wasn't asking for a geographical location for Adam and Eve. It's like something has changed in our relationship. And I can feel that the life and the connection has left. And so I'm pursuing you with a question, not because I need understanding, but because I want reconnection. So I think for so many of us, when we begin to realize that what God is after is he's after relationship. And so often in the West, where we prize our doing over our being, we think that God wants to use me for great things, but the reality is, is that he wants to partner with me for life, and there will be great fruit that flows out of that life, but it's not about the fruit, it's about the life. And what God is inviting you and I into is that we would be a people that walk with him, that we would be friends with him. I love what it says about Moses, is that he talked to God face to face as one man talked to his friend. And that's the invitation of the new covenant is that you and I would learn what it looks like to walk, to God, walk with God. But so often in the West, what we've settled for is a transactional gospel. I pray this prayer and now I get to go to heaven when I die and so I'll do whatever I want until I die. But what God is after is after relationship. And so it starts with saying, God, I give you my life. I surrender to you. But that's the beginning. Like, What if I would have said to Lauren at the altar, hey, I love you, and now I'm out. We're married. It's all good, so I'll, I'll just I'll catch you later on. Right? Like that would have been foolish, and it wouldn't have lasted very long, but so many of us treat God that way. So many of us come to God, and we're like, hey, God, I want the eternal life that you're offering, but I also want the now life that I could lead. And so we don't surrender into him. What we find when we surrender into God is that he gives us so much more life than we could ever create on our own. And so where that leads us is that we live life seeing every day as a gift, getting to know God, getting to build relationship with him, getting to connect with him, getting to enjoy him. I love what Dana said in our meeting earlier in the week. She said, have you ever enjoyed God enjoying you? You know that God enjoys you? Like he really likes you. I used to think for a long time that because Jesus died on the cross, now God is obligated to love me. Have you ever had that thought, just me? Where it's like, yeah, I guess... They said yes, there was this open invitation, and so because they said yes, now, now I'm obligated to them. God broke that years ago, and it changed everything. He said to me, I didn't, I don't love you because I died for you, but I died for you because I love you. Yeah. What I realized is that he was always after relationship with me. From the very foundation of the earth, he was after relationship with you. He wanted to connect with you. He wanted to walk with you. He wanted to be in the middle of your joy and in the middle of your pain and everything in between. He wanted you. And he's interested in walking with you. And it's not just for some select people that we would know God's voice or hear him, but it's an invitation for all of us. And he's saying, hey, would you let me in? Let me pray for us. Would you go ahead and stand?
Lord, I thank you that you have given us our mind and our senses, our emotions, that we would be able to connect with you. you do this? Why don't you just ask God a question? I'll, I'll give you one you could ask, but you could ask a different one. Say, God, why do you like me? One of the things that I've learned is that when I ask God a question, sometimes I have to ask it in a different way if I don't hear anything, and it's not for him uh, to clarify the question, but there's something about just asking again, that there's something about faith that connects with God in that. So you may just, if you didn't hear anything, feel anything, see anything, sense anything, you may just ask God, God, what is it you enjoy about me? Just let him speak to your heart. that God wants for you to begin a journey of knowing him. I don't mean understanding him, that'll come. But knowing him, walking with him. This morning, if you've never made that step to say, I want to give my life to Jesus, or maybe you've just been living it on your own for a long time, and you just need to say, I just want to surrender into the life of Jesus again. Our, Our ministry team would love just to pray with you, to bless you. Ministry team, you guys can come forward. We also just want to open it up. I really feel like God's not done here, that there is, that he has healing for people this morning. And so if you need healing in your body, then I just want to encourage you to come. And then there's, there's two more things I just want to invite you into. One would be this, that maybe you have never been baptized, immersed into the spirit of God. And you just need the life power of God in your life. Our team would love to pray with you that you would be filled to the full measure of all that he is. Now, last thing, Meredith, Meredith, would you, would you raise your hand? This is Meredith in the middle. She, she had it on her heart that God was bringing breakthrough to couples struggling with infertility, and she would just love to pray with you. She's gonna be back in the back. We'll, we'll put you over on that side. Um, and she would love to just pray with you. And we're going to just make that real easy for you. Um, our, our team had a, a couple of other uh, words of knowledge. If you don't know what a word of knowledge is, it's that when God's just speaking something, he's saying, hey, this is what I'm touching this morning. And it doesn't mean that he's not touching anything else, but it does mean that he is specifically dealing with that. Somebody's got inner knee issues and God wants to heal that. Somebody that's wrestling with uh, chest pain, it's like muscular chest pain, not necessarily a heart or, or lung issues. Uh, somebody that has elbow and forearm pain. Somebody that has a, a messed up collarbone. 
So if that's you, you can come forward. If you want to cut any, any of the things that we've been talking about. Finally, there's somebody here that has uh, chronic headaches. In fact, your head is hurting right now and it's probably even over like your right ear. I feel like God wants to, to touch that this morning and that it, it will never return. And so Lord, we just invite you to come and to have your way to work and to move this morning. In Jesus' name.